Discover what's happening around our province with todayinbc.com. Sign up today to get the latest news right to your inbox and never miss the news that's important to you and your family. From community news in your neighborhood to what's happening in our province, your source for daily news is todayinbc.com. Tyler and I like to stress our relationship a lot. Owning a boat is one thing that puts a lot of stress on a relationship. So we already know that we push each other, sometimes in good ways, sometimes in bad ways, but The Amazing Race put us under the microscope for that. I think we just learned a little bit more about how to support each other and knowing that sometimes he needs to just get your anger out and that a hug isn't what he needs, whereas I need a hug. But yeah, no, we knew that already, but it was interesting to see it again on television. Yeah, watching it back is tough. I'm Peter McCulley. Tyler Turner and Kayleen Vanderee of Vancouver Island finished runners-up in Season 9 of The Amazing Race Canada. We'll chat with the two about their experience on the show on this edition of Today in BC. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Great to be here. Congratulations on such a fine finish in The Amazing Race Canada. Oh, thank you very much. How did you two meet? We met like any great relationship starts these days on online dating. Went out for a date and the rest is history. We met rock climbing on our first date and hung out that summer. And then Tyler ended up getting in his accident just over two months after we had met. So it went from a casual summer to a serious relationship (laughs) pretty quickly. So with the amazing race, how many cities, provinces and distance do you figure you covered? John said it on the mat, 12,000 kilometers, 11 cities, and six provinces. So it was quite a journey. Do you remember any of it? Uh, yeah, very intently. <laughs> I remember the emotions and the, the pain and the excitement and the sorrows and all of it uh, all too well. It's funny to be reliving it now quite a few months later after it happened, but I've been steadily dreaming about racing, amazing race, for months now. I can't seem to quite get away from it. <laughs> How long did the actual race take from the time that you started until the last day in Halifax? It was about three weeks from the start line to the finish line, which if you do the math on all those episodes and all those legs, we are wide open for three weeks. There was only a couple days off within that and lots of other filming for those interviews that they put in the show as well. There wasn't too much downtime and a lot of time spent just trying to rest in the hotel room until we get given our start time for the next day. Both of you have life experiences which proved invaluable to you in the competition, so let's talk about those for a minute. Kayleen, you've got experience sailing, paddling, scuba diving, hiking, rock climbing, snowboarding. I get pretty tired just reading your resume, actually. Did I miss anything? I think you covered it pretty well, but yeah, I've had a pretty adventurous upbringing. My parents always had us on the water and in the mountains, snowboarding and skiing, I've had lots of different interests over the years. Tyler and I bonded over that when we first met. It definitely was a huge advantage coming back to those skills that we've spent so much time doing over the years during the race, especially in lots of those physical challenges. So I understand you're a commercial scuba diver and a travel blogger. 
I started diving when I was 13 and switched to commercial diving almost four years ago now. It's a lot of fun to be in the water and I like the work, but it did prove handy in the amazing race a little bit. And then this past year, we did a big sailing trip that I've been working towards for a long time. And I've been working on documenting that on our YouTube channel. So we just got back just over a month after we finished the amazing race, sailed the boat back from Mexico and was blogging about that trip. Tyler, you are a competitive surfer and skydiver and have been winning world championships and Paralympic medals in snowboarding. Your story of being in a skydiving accident, as Kayleen referenced, is uh, a story of determination and accomplishment. And stubbornness, maybe. <laughs> it's been a wild journey from day that accident happened. That was my life before I was doing these things. I was pursuing adventure all over the place. My accident happened and nothing changed other than I lost a couple legs and back injury, brain injury, and the challenges that come along with an injury like that. It took a little while to get back on my feet, no pun intended, but my mindset never changed. It was get back to skydiving, get back to surfing, snowboarding, all the things. And I'm really lucky to have had the support along the way to pursue what I want to within those sports and also grateful to have accomplished what I have within those sports. You take time together on Vancouver Island part of the year, and then your job's take you elsewhere for the winter months. Could you talk about that? Tyler is away a lot of the winter. His career as a Paralympic snowboard team for Canada has him traveling all over the world. Last winter, we spent a bit of time on the sailboat in Mexico before he had to fly out to go pursue that. But it also means that we get to chase our dreams together or apart. So it's pretty neat. That's our jobs. It's definitely a stress test on a relationship, but after six years, we're pretty used to it. This is definitely how it goes, that we get to spend amazing time together doing incredible adventures. Amazing Race was one of those. Our sailing trip was another one of those where there's no time apart. It's almost like it's all or nothing. We don't just get weekends together and weekdays apart. We get three months together on a boat, on the Amazing Race, whatever it is, and then I take off for the snowboard season, the World Cup season, generally in Europe, with the final stop being back in Canada. And Keeling also works away a lot of the time with her scuba diving. So we make it work, and then come spring, we generally look for some wild adventures and go all in again. So one day you're on a sailboat in Mexico, and the next day you're at the top of a snow-covered mountain getting ready to snowboard. I stayed on the boat till the last minute because I knew it was the time I'd take off, and Keeling was going to stay down with the boat. I flew to Canada put my surf equipment away, loaded up my snowboard equipment. The next day flew to Europe and I was racing World Cup within 10, 12 days. Before we talk about the amazing race Canada, Kayleen, I wanted to ask you about that epic sailing adventure from Mexico back home. Yeah, we sailed the boat down somewhat along the coast last year. And then after the amazing race, I knew that it was our window of time to either get the boat back up or keep going on this trip. And we decided to bring the boat back up to Canada. So my dad joined me for 45 days on open ocean. We were about 1,000 nautical miles away from land and covered 4,300 nautical miles. And it was a challenge, but it was also nice to have some decompression after absolute whirlwind of the amazing race. Just me and my dad out at sea. How big was the boat? It's a 42-foot sailboat. 
That was a really good challenge, and I'm not sure if I would necessarily do it again, but <laughs> it was the challenge I needed, I guess. Some of the tasks on the show, Tyler, were extremely physical. Which ones did you find the most difficult? The most difficult physical tasks, anything that involved running or moving on my legs, trying to think back, the Malahat Skywalk, that was devastating. That was also the start of a leg. We wake up super early in the morning. I think we leave the hotel at four or something at the Malahat at six. We're already exhausted from the day before and the legs before we've been doing back to back Whistler and Smithers. And we get to the Malahat and the first challenge of the day is to walk along this Malahat skywalk and then walk, walk, run, because you're fired up out of your mind, running up this spiral to get your clue checked, run back down. We get in the car and that's a day for me. That's done. I would be going home, legs off, wheelchair, call it after that. But no, that's just the start. Then we get to the castle and we're running around this castle and it just doesn't end. A day like that for me is, it's brutal on my stumps, on my prosthetics and my back injury. We finish that day. We do interviews that afternoon. The next morning, here we go again. I think the challenging part was the endurance of it for you because the challenges themselves weren't that difficult individually but when you tie it together in a huge day back to back where you're on your legs previously before the amazing race you had barely walked more than like a kilometer or two and each day we were walking I think the smallest day was about four kilometers and the largest day was almost 12. Yeah. So it was just, yeah, incredible that your body even kept up with that. Yeah, it was pretty devastating on the body. We're looking at accomplishing a goal that we've had for a long time and something that we don't want to give up on. There was just no quit. We had to keep going no matter how much the pain was. And you know what? I complained most of the time. I was in some episodes actually in some obvious agony that I was trying to stifle because I don't really want to be on national television crying. But yeah, that's where we got to. I could see the finish mat. I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. I just wanted to get there. And a couple times it was an opportunity for first place. So everything I had was left on the table. I didn't find anything too physically challenging for myself, but watching Tyler do the Jamar up the... OCAD building in Toronto there's no way I could have done that all arms the way that you had to use your arms because you have weakness in your glutes and and hamstrings there's no way I could have done that I think that was your hardest physical challenge individually absolutely (laughs) doing chin-ups in the middle of the pressure and stress that's going on yeah that probably would play out as the most intense physical challenge Mm -hmm. Some of the other tasks were brain tasks. Any way to prepare for those? Uh, Probably could have practiced my um, timetables a little bit more. I I don't know. We didn't really have much time to prepare. We only found out we were on the race a couple weeks before. The mental tasks, there's no doubt, were so much harder than the physical tasks. We just talked about doing chin-ups up the OCAD building. That's fine. I can just zone in, grunt, groan, scream, yell, curse, make them have to bleep it out, but... I can get up there and just keep charging through. When it comes to mental challenges, that's where I struggle the most. And my legs are sexy. They're out there. Everyone can see them. It makes disability look obvious. I had a traumatic brain injury in my accident, and that's probably what I fight more day to day between my back injury and my brain injury. You don't see it. It's not out there and obvious like my legs, where if it's a balanced task and I'm on my prosthetics, 
you can see how difficult it is, but it also is inspiring, the word that I don't love. But with these mental tasks, that's what I'm more proud of overcoming because that alien challenge, and sure, you can see the anger and the frustration and the stress on TV. For real, what was actually happening there is my brain was melting. It wasn't functioning anymore. And this happens to me just in day-to-day life too. Not only that, but like the trigger gets shorter after brain injuries and you have to really be conscious of not going down that path and taking a step back, just taking a breath. But when you're forced into it with the Amazing Race Canada, there's not much time to step back. We're racing. So I spiraled pretty hard on that task along with some others to the point where I didn't know if I was going to be able to pull it off, but I was lucky to have Keeleen there and we actually got to just have some ginger ale and take some time because I was in trouble at that point. Like mentally, I was down a hole so far and we were able to come back and get that. But without a doubt, the mental challenges were like exponentially harder than the physical challenges for me. I'm sure there was lots of folks following you on social media. Did you receive lots of support or was this social media following happening after the show is airing and you've gone on to something else? Very much the social media part aspect of the Amazing Races as it's airing in the time that it's airing. And it was fun to follow along. I found it comical a lot of the time to see people's opinions, good and bad. I was surprised at the hate. And that was probably one of the harder things to deal with. I like to think that I'm a nice guy. I like to think that Kayleen is very nice as well. I think that we support each other well. But when you're put in this situation of the amazing race, the stress, the intensity, everything is so high. Yeah, we're competitive. We're normal people. We get mad at each other. We bicker. I don't think there was one team on there that didn't bicker start to finish. (laughs) But unfortunately, when that comes out as a little segment on the edited episode, it maybe looks a little different. And the hate that comes from people seeing a snippet of what had happened That was really frustrating. That was a little tough to deal with. So Keely and I both had chosen just to ignore the overall comments and block that. Our personal social media was so incredibly supportive and people were so amazing, especially as we came in second place. That was a really tough pill for us to swallow because we wanted it bad and we left everything out there on the field. We gave it everything we had. And so to come in second... We're very proud of Ty and Kat and what they accomplished, but we wanted it really bad. So that was really nice to see the support on social media over the last few days and amazing amount of support and generally positive support. And that's been really great. I think what's even cooler too is because the Comox Valley and Vancouver Island are somewhat smaller communities, we're getting recognized. And a lot of people come up to us cheering us on and saying, we want you to win and to actually see that face to face, especially after reading some pretty negative comments online was really heartwarming. And yeah, it just makes me realize how awesome Vancouver Island is. Yeah, it's really cool to have like been the representatives of especially the Comox Valley, Vancouver Island as a whole, and even BC. It very much felt like we were the BC team and Ty and Cat had become the Alberta team and Ben and Anwar were the Winnipeg team. And so as much as it wasn't about that, the support from BC and Vancouver Island and the Valley, it's been really cool. Is there any such thing as a home field advantage in any of these geographical locations? I know you're in, you're playing in the Malahat, you're playing in Victoria, you're in Tofino. The two of you have been there many times. So is there any advantage to that? 
definitely felt nice to start out with a little comfort of knowing where we were even if we didn't know the directions exactly it just felt homey and I actually grew up in Calgary so the first episode being in Calgary that was nice to not have to stress so much about directions I knew where locations were and to move that then into BC and Whistler spent a lot of time Kayleen went to school and lived in Victoria yeah, but that ended up not helping us. <laughs> I kept thinking I knew where things were, and then that park in Esquimalt, I was totally off. Yeah, we um, got a little lost. Yeah, but... It all culminated into Fino, which is where I spent a lot of time, and that community had supported me so much through my accident. I worked there for a few years. Tofino very much feels like a family that took me in after my accident and even before. So that was really cool to be there. We didn't have to check for directions there. Not only did we know where we were going, we knew everyone along the way. And it was hard not to say hi to friends in the parking lot and so many folks we hadn't seen for a year or two. And that was really nice to win that leg. And a nice way to finish our time in British Columbia when we went east, we had definitely lost our home field advantage because we were fish out of water over there. Small fish in a big pond being in the cities and stuff. So yeah, we had a little bit of an advantage to start off. So how about the other participants? Did you make any lifelong friends on the show? I think the final three contestants, Ty and Kat, Ben and Anwar, they're going to be forever friends. We had some incredible chats with them. It just goes to show how powerful your mindset is with all four of them have just overcome so much in their lives and then have gone and used that to do a lot of good and to do a lot of good in their lives. So I think that um, meeting Ben and Anwar and Ty and Kat were definitely one of my favorite parts of being on the show all the contestants were awesome and had incredible stories but we just ended up spending more time with those four others that was really special the cast as a whole was incredible to be able to meet so many folks from so many different walks of life lots of people that i maybe don't get the opportunity just day to day to have a conversation with it was great to be waiting for an airplane and being able to chat with any one of these people and get their stories and share my story and see some commonalities that we had but also learn so much from what I just didn't know in this world and it was really an incredible cast this season I'm grateful to have met every single one of them stayed in touch with many of them and if I ever run into any of them anywhere across Canada uh, I will be very happy to have a beer and catch up what have you two learned about Canada that you didn't know before that you participated in the amazing race Canada the one thing that stands up the most was how incredibly kind people were to help you with directions. Especially these days, we often don't end up talking to random people on the street because we just type it into our phones. But the amount of times we asked for directions from people or cab drivers who just went totally out of their way to help us changed their whole day around to help. We met some really awesome people I think Ricardo in Toronto was our favorite. <laughs> yeah, was... He was in, yeah, he was incredible. But the kindness that people showed. I knew it about Canada, but it just confirmed the generosity of the people that live here. And we really did test that because we showed up in like the craziest stress. We're a mess and just screaming and yelling. And they stopped their day and they'd find directions or help us out or whatever. So it, yeah, it was really amazing, the generosity of Canadians. What did you learn about each other? Good and bad. Tyler and I like to stress our relationship a lot. Owning a boat is one thing that we (laughs) puts a lot of stress on a relationship. So we already know that we push each other 
sometimes in good ways, sometimes in bad ways, but The Amazing Race even more put us under the microscope for that. I think we just learned a little bit more about how to support each other and knowing that sometimes he needs to just get your anger out (laughs) and that a hug isn't what he needs, whereas (laughs) I need a hug. (laughs) But yeah, no, we knew that already, but it was... Interesting to see it again on television. (laughs) Yeah, watching it back is tough, but I don't think there's a ton we had to learn because of how we live our lives only 20 feet apart on a 40-foot boat. The pressure and the demands that puts on our relationship with everything we do, whether it's climbing mountains or being in the ocean, whatever it is, we do like to push ourselves to pretty extreme levels, and we learn a lot about each other We knew that was going to roll over on to the Amazing Race Canada. I think maybe what we learned is that when the nation is watching, our intensity is maybe a little too much. It doesn't translate into a loving relationship on TV. Whereas I know that as competitive people, we need to push each other. And sometimes that doesn't show across as very loving, but we showed in a different way. <laughs> when we're in intense situations, our thing is that we just tell each other, you're fine. Pretty much saying, get over it right now. We need to figure this out. Well, when that's the only moment that we see on TV is me saying, hey, you're fine. Get over it. Let's move on. But what yeah. did I tell you in the crossword? I said, you need to settle down yeah, right you now. Need to sound, yeah, <laughs> lots of love and lots of hugs after that. But we debrief once it's all done because we're intense and I'm insanely intense and when i'm competing as my own person in snowboarding and surfing it's okay that i'm that hard on myself and i'm that intense and it was tough because i continued to be that intense in the race and put a lot of that on kayleen she dealt really well with it she stepped up did amazing and we were able to use that intensity to get to where we were and there was plenty of hugs and love after but we wanted to get to that mat and it wasn't pretty I always say it's not pretty. It's all about momentum. It's all about moving forward. And that's exactly what we showed is we just pushed hard. When Today in BC continues, Tyler Turner and Kayleen Vanderee talk about the final leg of Season 9 of The Amazing Race Canada, which was run in Halifax. I'm Peter McCulley. Today in BC is a Black Press media podcast. A question for the two of you. What will you take away from the show? How has it changed you, pushed you? Being on the Amazing Race Canada goes to show to us once again when we really want something and we put our minds to it and both work together that we can get ourselves there. We recently completed our big sailing trip. Was a huge goal of mine. Tyler set his goal on a medal at the Paralympics, achieved that. And so I think after finishing this experience on The Amazing Race, it's just lit a fire under me to keep chasing after big dreams and knowing that when we support each other through that, that we can accomplish them. Yeah, we have some goals on the horizon that I think maybe the Amazing Race helped us not learn, but just really solidify that if we are both pushing on our own path, we're not going to get so far because we're going to be at each other. But as soon as we come together and have that goal together, we can make things happen, incredible things happen. And so going forward with all our goals that we have after the race now, we know that coming together and working together is going to get us way further than we ever could by ourselves. 
Just before we talk about the final leg of the race, which was in Halifax, I wanted to ask you, Tyler, what's the feeling like being on the podium representing Canada? Being on the podium in Beijing representing Canada, even in Lillehammer at the World Championships, both things that had never been accomplished for Canadians. It was the pride that I felt to push over that edge and get a gold medal for Canada was pretty incredible. It was the first time that the Canadian anthem had ever been played at a Paris snowboard event. So it was just an incredible feeling of pride, also in such weird times at that point with COVID, to be able to go up there and know that everyone was back home watching because it was being streamed on CBC. And it was just not having people there, but knowing how many people were watching on the other side of that camera in front of me was pretty incredible feeling. Let's talk about the final leg of the race, which took place in Halifax. So I grew up in Halifax, Dartmouth, and I found it very exciting to revisit (laughs) a few of the places that you had to stop, some of the interesting landmarks and places you had to uh, run a leg in. You showed up at the ferry terminal in Dartmouth heading to Halifax, and you don't know what you're looking for. I, I was flabbergasted. How many times did that happen in 10 episodes? They often give us the most... Out there, vague (laughs) clues possible. You're always trying to think outside of the box in creative ways. And usually we're pretty good at that. In this instance, they said go to the terminal. And there was already a ferry sitting there. But then as soon as we saw the ferry moving across the water, we're like, oh, I bet it's the one on the water moving. It's pretty frustrating to feel like you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off, not really knowing what you're doing. But once you start approaching problems in a different mindset, trying to think creatively, and then that's when you can understand what the producers are thinking. (laughs) Yeah, they're trying to get you off the scent. Sometimes just slowing down and trying to think it through and being a little more logical with what you're doing and actually being purposeful with your movements and your thoughts, it would help a lot. But Generally, for most of the race, we were running around with no clue what we were doing. And it slowly starts coming together as you work through it. But it can be frustrating. It's definitely a test. I have a painting on my living room wall from Fisherman's Cove. We used to go there on Sundays to swim in the summer. And Devil's Island is just off to the left. And part of the race was run there. Is there actually any time to go to a place like Fisherman's Cove and kick back for 10 minutes and take in your surroundings? Or is it all go, go, go? It's all go, 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 which is really too bad because I would love to go back and especially Halifax with all its nautical history, the Maritimes, like I'd love to spend some more time. And I think the cool part about The Amazing Race, though, is it gives you such a good taste of the best parts of the city. And Halifax definitely did that for us where it just left you wanting to know more. So we're going to have to go back and visit, I think. Yeah, there's definitely no time to stop and smell the roses. And even the time you do spend there is spent with your brain in a different place because you're thinking about the task and how do you approach it? How can we get it done faster? You're not thinking about what's happening there. We actually got a quick moment before we grabbed that clue to talk to a lady in Fisherman's Cove there. We got a quick little rundown of some history and info, and I was like, oh, I don't want to go, but and then the you race were, we goes. We were late. We were Remember? late getting to the clue we box. Like but 10 seconds late, yeah. and I was freaking out. <laughs> but the race happens. The race is happening, and it's absolute chaos, so you, it's pretty hard to stop and check things out. There was a dance challenge in downtown Halifax where you had to do a sword dance. I caught you commenting about playing the bagpipes, which my ears went right up right away because I play 
bass drum in a number of pipe bands over the years, but I've never done the sword dance. I've played the pipes for many sword dancers over the years, but yeah, I was very happy to hear bagpipes as I was rolling up. And actually, as we were running up from the taxi, I was thinking, please be a piping challenge. They've done it in the past where you had to just make noise for 10 seconds or something, but Man, I would have loved to grab a set of pipes and play a quick Amazing Grace and then get out of there. But nope, unfortunately, we had to dance, which is one of my lesser skills. But it's great to hear the bagpipes. I think that it helped you feel a bit more comfortable, though, because the dance challenge, I think we were the most scared about that. We're both not super great dancers. It's just very out of our comfort zone. So... It was nice to hear the bagpipes going in the background, and you kept just commenting on it the the whole time while trying to learn the dances. Definitely made it feel a little more homey, even though what we were doing was not comfortable at all. When you were progressing through the challenges and then you were stuck in traffic down on Water Street, I could feel my blood pressure rising. I can't even imagine how much adrenaline and pressure you were feeling. One thing that we learned throughout the race that especially with the taxis is that they're doing the best they can they know the city we actually called the taxi company being like send us your taxi driver that knows the city the best that's available all day and kevin Kevin knew it he knew everything we showed him the picture clues and he knew them right away it kind of even though it's stressful waiting in traffic We also knew that there was nothing we could do at that point. It gave us a chance just to take a breath and not be so turned on because it's exhausting being turned on the whole time. We're like, okay, Kevin, it's on you now. (laughs) We're so stressed all day and making these decisions and everything. And when you're in the taxi, it, it was hard to do, but it was nice if you could just say, look, there's traffic. The traffic is what it is. We're going to take this second to take a breath and reset It's harder said than done, but there were moments where we could just be like, look, we're in traffic. We win, we lose. There's nothing we can change right now and just sit back and and try and relax. Honestly, I would take my prosthetics off in the taxi to let some blood flow back down into my legs. And so sometimes it wasn't the worst to be stuck in traffic. Although at that point we were racing, like it was wire to wire with tying cat. We were lead changes. At that point, the stress was pretty high stuck in that traffic. And there was a lot of stake. There was a couple of Chevy pickup trucks, uh, trip around the world, $250,000 in cash, which is almost enough for a down payment for a house in BC. <laughs> was that at the back of your mind the whole time? Absolutely. Of course, we wanted to win the title, but $250,000 the way we live is an extreme amount of money. Our goal, we've been living on a sailboat now for a few years, which has been an incredible experience, but it would be nice to have a land life and we'd love to have our own home and some property to pursue some goals that we have in the near future here. That $250,000 would have made that happen a lot quicker. I know we'll get there, but that would have expedited things for sure. And I can tell you those Chevrolet Colorados (laughs) looked a lot better than what we have parked out front here. (laughs) A lot less rust, that's for sure. And a trip around the world, man, that would have made it very nice. So that that's a tough pill to swallow. That's what motivated us so hard to push through so much all the way was that the prize that was hanging out there, which is not a small prize, life-changing for us, especially. When you're on Vancouver Island, you live in Royston, which is a nice, quiet spot just outside of Courtney. You're probably now the most famous people in Royston, I would guess. (laughs) 
I think so. It's actually funny. There's two <laughs> other contestants, Eddie and Allie. They were in the first two episodes. They somehow also live in Royston. So really? Yeah, so we've met up with them a few times. Tyler actually took Eddie skydiving last night. Yeah, <laughs> but it's been, it's pretty nice community and we're we're actually closer to cumberland cumberland's been really good to us too maybe they'll put something on one of the menus at the local pubs for you the amazing race canada club or maybe some thai food there you go (laughs) it's been fun you know i got a little bit of notoriety because of the paralympics and the gold medal and that was fun but the amazing race canada has been a whole different level of going to the grocery store and getting gas and pretty much anywhere we go these days in bc It's a lot of fun because this isn't something that's going to happen for the rest of our lives. It's a bit of a moment and a chapter, and it's fun just to enjoy it right now. It's awesome to see that people were rooting us on and see the support and taking pictures and stuff. It's pretty cool because this doesn't happen every day. So, Tyler, you were talking about being goal-oriented and what's coming up next. So what is coming up next? What are the goals? Obviously, we've got goals within sport. I would like to go to the 2026 Paralympics again and I would love to defend that gold medal we've got great World Cup seasons between now and then that I have big goals for Keelan and I both have a goal we would really like to get our own property in the area we live in and we'd love to make an accessible Airbnb so I spend a lot of my time in a wheelchair and a lot of my friends and community are full-time wheelchair users and I'm lucky that I get to get up and run around and choose when I use my wheelchair. But a a lot of people that I know and and people in this world don't have that option. We'd love to do something that's really cool and unique with a short-term rental that is fully wheelchair accessible. Because I feel it's really too bad if you are in a wheelchair and you want to do a cool and unique adventure with your family, you're probably limited to an all-inclusive resort or just a hotel. And the locations that you can visit within that hotel, you might not even be able to go to the pool. We would really love to do something that is wheelchair accessible, super unique, and you can get in a sauna or whatever the cool thing is on the property. You can experience that in a wheelchair as well. We'd really like to work towards that over the next few years. It'd be nice to grow some roots too on land after I've lived on a boat a lot of my life now. So we're excited to tackle that. And then sailing wise, I'm working towards doing the race to Alaska next year with my friend. And that's my next big adventure on the horizon. Tyler Turner and Kayleen Vandery have been our guests on this edition of Today in BC. If you have suggestions or comments, send us a voice message to podcast at blackpress.ca. You may be part of our podcast mailbag segment. You'll find Today in BC podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, YouTube, and Google Podcasts. CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media.